Thinking aloud is a powerful strategy that will help students. Sure, they can see what we do, but it's that internal processing that makes us do what we do. Sharing your thoughts with them is going to help them to jump inside your brain and pick up some strategies they too can use. So today's episode is all about using the Think Aloud strategy to level up reading comprehension. If you are ready to dive into some different strategy prompts that you can use as soon as tomorrow, I will meet you inside. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast, a podcast for educators who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing instruction. I'm your host, Megan a true lover of all things literacy. Join me each week as we dive into teaching tips, engaging ideas, and actionable step-by-step strategies and examples to help you close the gap and lead confidently with best practices. I'm all about keeping things simple and digestible so that you can implement what you learn here as soon as tomorrow. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. I am so excited about this topic today because this is truly going to be your time to shine because this episode is all about your brain and you being able to think aloud in order to truly help your students when it comes to comprehension. Reading comprehension is complex. There are so many layers to comprehending text, and while it may be a dream goal to have all students understand what they have read to the deepest levels of comprehension, that is just not the reality. If you find it challenging for your students to open up past the surface when expressing their thoughts, their ideas, and their takeaways, if they have takeaways at all, then this is going to be an area that you are going to want to focus on. This is an area that you can level up when it comes to comprehension. So this week, we are going to focus on pausing for intentional think-alouds. Allowing students to openly share their thoughts and opinions with others is a critical skill, and you will want to find places where you can allow these interactions to occur naturally. Two places that this can happen are going to be during your whole group read aloud and during your small group instruction. Comprehension is ever evolving due to the way different authors write according to different genres. And because of this, it requires specific ways to process and break apart the text. This is why truly understanding what has been read must be top of mind. Let's dive into this think aloud strategy that you can begin implementing to level up comprehension. Think aloud. Let's just talk about what that is first, because I don't want to assume that you know what think aloud is. So think aloud is a strategy where you will periodically pause in the middle of your reading to model your thinking out loud. This critical practice of speaking your thinking can include you sharing a reflection you making connections, you asking questions, you making a prediction, you synthesizing the text, and so much more. This type of modeling helps students develop their own metacognitive skills, showing them how skilled readers make sense of their text. The big idea here is momentarily stopping your reading to verbalize your thought processes and your reactions to the text that you are reading. 
This technique, it builds comprehension for students who honestly have no idea what it means to comprehend the text that they are reading. We have to move past the generic questions like, what did you read about? And what was your favorite part? Think Alouds will allow you to model reading strategies, and it's going to help you to make implicit skills explicit, and it's going to help to foster critical thinking. So first, let me dive into modeling reading strategies. Think Alouds are going to provide a clear demonstration of how skilled readers think while they are reading. This modeling helps students understand and internalize effective reading strategies that they can apply to their independent reading. So I love examples, and this episode is going to have tons of examples for you because I want to show you, not just tell you, how this could work. So for example, while you're reading a challenging passage, you might pause and say, I'm a bit confused by this part. It seems like the author is using figurative language, and I think I'm going to reread this sentence and look for clues in the text that can help me to figure out what it actually means. So by saying something like that, it's going to show your students how to handle confusion and how they can use their context clues for comprehension when they're reading and they don't understand a word. When I had said earlier, making implicit skills more explicit, skilled readers often use comprehension strategies automatically, but struggling readers may not. Think alouds are going to help to make these skills more straightforward, resulting in achieving this level of understanding more naturally and more automatically. So for example here, when you are encountering a text-to-self connection, you might pause and say, this reminds me of when I felt the same way during a camping trip. I can relate to the character's fear here. So that alone is going to demonstrate how to make that personal connection. And let's be honest, I feel like personal connections are like a go-to strategy. We just feel like all students should be able to do it. But this is a skill that some students may need help developing. It is not as easy as you think because they have personal experiences. It is really, really challenging for them to make that personal connection with a text. Then when it comes into fostering critical thinking, well, here, think alouds encourage students to think deeply about the text. When you can share your innermost thoughts and feelings and questions, it's going to prompt your students to do the same. So an example here is during a, I don't know, particularly emotional scene, you might pause and say, this part, it's so powerful. I wonder why the author chose these words to describe the character's feelings. And then you can even take it a step further and ask, what do you think the author wants us to understand about the character's emotions? Now, with that extra prompting, it's going to invite your students to engage in higher order thinking and literary analysis, and you'll be right there to support and guide them if needed. So now I want to dive deeper into demonstrating how to incorporate think-alouds during interactive read-alouds or using your small group reading text when you are referencing specific reading strategies. So this first one I want to go into is making inferences. The example here is when you're wanting to demonstrate inferential thinking, you might pause and say, as I read this passage, I notice that the author doesn't explicitly state what the character is feeling, but there are some clues. 
the character's clenched fist and furrowed brow suggest anger or frustration. I'm inferring that the character is upset. Let's see if the text provides more evidence to support this inference. So saying something like that is going to demonstrate that drawing from the text evidence is necessary and it's a recurring reading skill. And while tricky, it can successfully be mastered. It reinforces that authors often are not going to state things directly, so it's up to us to do the deep thinking to understand. When you are thinking about the strategy of visualizing, when you want to demonstrate this whole visualization, you might pause and say, the author's description of the forest is so vivid. I can imagine the tall, ancient trees towering over the path and the sunlight peeking through the leaves. I can hear the crunching of the fallen brown leaves on the gravel. It's almost like I'm walking through the forest myself. I can picture this so clearly. Visualizing really helps me connect more deeply with the story. So this is demonstrating how readers connect to adjectives and description of different scenes, and that's all by way of the author's words. Since there's not always pictures, and let's be honest, as the older the kids get, and if they get into chapter books, they might be few, if any, images in that book, it's up to us to create the image in our minds to build that deeper connection to the text. Let's say that you are working on text structure analysis. When wanting to demonstrate how the author has structured their text, you might pause and say, this chapter has an interesting structure. It begins with a flashback, then jumps to the present. I think the author is using the structure to create suspense by going back and forth in time. The author keeps us guessing about what's going to happen next. So that right there demonstrates how sometimes texts are not written in complete sequenced order, but that the flashbacks are powerful to help us develop more about the character and or about that event. It can be really confusing if we are not aware that these structures exist, and so anytime you can point out that type of thinking of understanding and identifying a certain structure, it's going to be helpful for you to say that aloud to your students because that is going to be in their brain bank and they can use that for their future texts. I am briefly interrupting this episode to paint a picture for you. Imagine this, your students engaged, focused, smiling, laughing, eager to share, not even looking at the clock, and all of this because they are truly enjoying the craft of writing. This is a result when you begin disguising writing in a way where students have maximum buy-in but don't even realize they're actually doing it. These daily writing disguise routines can be done in just 10 minutes or less each day and will increase stamina, build confidence, provide opportunities for writing skill practice, and will leave your students craving more. So who's ready to eliminate the moans, those groans, and maybe even tears? If that's you, go ahead and head to theliteracydive.com slash disguise to learn more about these daily writing disguise collections. Character analysis. This is one of my favorites. And I think that this is also something that I think a lot of teachers start off with because we all know characters and they have traits and they have feelings. So in wanting to demonstrate character analysis, you might pause and say, 
let's take a closer look at the main character's actions and words. Right now, he seems conflicted about a decision, and I'm noticing a pattern where this character hesitates and thinks carefully before speaking. This suggests that his decision is a significant one, and I'm curious to see how it'll affect the character's development as I keep reading. This is going to demonstrate the intense need to focus on characters and to learn their important roles within the story. Analyzing a character will help the reader to make predictions. It's going to help your students to make inferences and to interpret the different interactions the character has with others. Thinking about characters still, let's go into comparing and contrasting characters. When you are wanting to demonstrate how characters are alike or how they are different, you might pause and say, I can't help but to notice the differences between these two characters. Character A is impulsive and outgoing, while character B is really reserved and thoughtful. These differences create an interesting dynamic, and I wonder how their personalities will clash or complement each other as the story unfolds. So that right there is allowing your thinking to demonstrate that characters and their interactions are important. They can play a big part in developing the plot. And it's going to allow the reader, your student, to effectively draw conclusions based on the traits of each character. Let's go into making connections. I want to bring it back. So when demonstrating making connections, you might pause and say, this situation in the story reminds me of a similar experience I had. It's so funny how literature can bring back memories and make you reflect on your own life. Right now, I actually am going to jot this down. I want to make sure I keep this connection in my reading journal to explore later. Now, what I love about these easier skills like making connection, again, it's not easy on the surface of all kids can just do it, but if kids can draw from their personal experiences, it does make making connections one that kids can find success with. So if we're doing it this way, demonstrating how we can generally make this connection with text, perfect. But also, we can do another reading behavior, and that is going to be writing it down in a journal to reference later. Your students can watch your modeled behavior and they will be able to do the same. So for this one, you will actually need your journal nearby. You'll need paper, pencil, sticky note, whatever you're taking your notes on, and you are going to show how you are writing down this connection and placing it inside or writing inside of your actual journal. That demonstrated modeled behavior is going to be what your students can then do because they have seen you do it. Identifying literary devices. When you want to demonstrate figurative language, you might pause and say, the author just used a metaphor to describe the storm as a raging beast. Metaphors compare two unlike things, and in this case, it adds depth to the description of that storm, making it feel more intense and menacing. Recognizing metaphors actually helps me appreciate the author's use of figurative language because this way it's more descriptive and it's more powerful. Now, saying something like that, it's going to demonstrate how to read between the lines and how to notice when the author has used interesting language to make a part of the text even stronger. 
readers have to find the connection between the figurative and the literal meanings. Questioning. When wanting to demonstrate questioning, you might pause and say, I have a lot of questions about the character's motivations in this scene. Why did she make that choice? What does she hope to achieve? And how are others going to react to the choices that she just made? These questions are really driving my curiosity right now, and I'm eager to see how the story answers all of them. Now, this is going to demonstrate how to ask quality questions, and it's going to force the reader into a level of focus to see if those questions are indeed answered. Some of them might be, but some of them might not be. A great practice to this is writing two to three questions down and leaving blank lines in a reading journal so that if there's an answer, your students can actually go back and answer them. Incorporating think-alouds effectively will require you to be aware of your own thought processes while reading and to verbalize them in a way that is accessible to students. It really helps to demystify the act of reading and will equip your students with valuable strategies for understanding and engaging with their text. This strategy can be adapted to suit different reading levels and different genres, making it a really versatile tool for improving reading comprehension. So this might seem easy, and it actually really, really is, but you have to be intentional and plan for this. So here are some helpful tips for you. Pre-read your text and find powerful think-aloud stopping points. Do not rush the moment. Take your time to make it a meaningful teaching moment. Find places for students to engage after you share your thinking, as this will give them assisted practice before doing this on their own. Switch between different genres to showcase how reading skills can be applied to each of them to strengthen comprehension skills. By incorporating think-alouds that demonstrate various reading strategies, you'll be able to help your students develop a toolkit for approaching different aspects of a text. This not only enhances their comprehension, but also empowers them to become more independent and skilled readers. So let's level up their comprehension with think-aloud prompts. I want to encourage you to find one place two places within your text that you are going to read to your students this week, and I want you to intentionally find places where you can pause and verbalize your thinking, knowing that over time, this is going to help level up comprehension for your students. If you try this, reach out to me and let me know. You can find me on Instagram at The Literacy Dive because I love celebrating with teachers and I love celebrating those important wins with them. It is time to wrap up this episode, and I told you that every week of October, I am just going to dive into some National Day prompts that you can use with your students, even if it's not on the exact day. What's really fun about these are that your students will be intrigued with learning new, crazy, wild, weird, or really fun National Days, and it allows them to have an opportunity to do some choice writing. So today is October 23rd, and we have three National Day prompts for you, and here they are. Today is National TV Talk Show Host Day, and the prompt for this is, if you could interview anyone, who would it be and why? Write a list of questions you would ask that person. Today is National iPod Day, 
Write an acrostic poem using the word music. Include anything music-related in the lines of your poem. And the third one, National Boston Cream Pie Day. Your prompt for this is explain the steps to baking a cake. Be sure to describe each step in detail as well as include all materials and ingredients that are needed. What I love about this one is that your kids are going to instantly probably think, pie, but you just said cake. And that is going to be an excellent time to go ahead and pull up this national day and do a little bit of history and research into the name. Because pies and cakes were kind of baked in a similar pan a long time ago, this is actually a cake and not a pie. And kids love to learn this kind of just new, incredible information. So that is going to be an action step that you can take if your students are like mine were and they were trying to correct you because you just said Boston cream pie, but the prompt says making a cake. I hope you enjoyed those three prompts for today. And if you are looking for more interesting prompts, they exist for every single month of the year. And I actually put together a little sample collection for you. So if you want to just download those and check them out and use them with your students. Again, it does not have to be the exact date that you're implementing this creative, fun National Day prompt. If you can catch it on the day, that's just a little bit more of a connection, but it does not have to be used then. So if you want to grab those free prompts, head to the link in my show notes, or you can just type in your browser, theliteracydive.com slash free prompts, and those free selections, those sample of prompts will be sent right to your inbox. I am already counting down the hours and the days until I'll be back with you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to click that follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if you are enjoying what you hear, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Until the next episode, we can hang out over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. And you can search The Daily Writing Disguise in your web browser to dive into a stockpile of creative writing activity collections created by me with student engagement in mind. For literacy resources and support, you can search The Literacy Dive on TPT. I'll catch you in the next episode.